Hey, this is Al from Omug Comics. Make sure to check out Lenny Vernon Badass Trucker. You can get your hands on it at just about any Omaha and Lincoln comic book store. Otherwise, follow Omug Comics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for our website. Link, subscribe, and like. And make sure you keep on trucking. Christmas, Moose brings to me, owner of Red Casket Productions and director of Family Covenant, Happy Holidays Horror Hounds and welcome to another Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm your host and gift giver Moose. My gift to you today is the gift of family. Today we sit down with a local creator, creator of movies. She is the often overlooked member of Eddie and the Star Cruisers, the creator of the movie Family Covenant, available on Amazon Prime, and the head of Red Casket Productions. So... It is my pleasure to introduce Amanda, the Bride of Zombilly Peck. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. So how are we doing? How are we doing? I'm doing good. We just hung up some Christmas lights, so it's nice and chilly outside, but it's not too bad. Doing good. No, for where we're at in the year, it's actually really nice. Right, right. Said I was watching something. They were complaining about 61 in New York. And it's like, oh, bug off. <laughs> I'll take your 61. Come on. Right. right. Rather have 61 every day of the year. <laughs> so, do you prefer local creator or like indie creator? Um. Probably local, because everything I do is done with the help of local talent, family, friends, that sort of thing. Um, I'm not really an indie creator, in my opinion, just because I don't do it exclusively myself. You know, I have the help of Eddie and the Star Cruisers and friends and my husband and other super amazing local talent in the area. So even though Eddie forgets you. Eddie forgets me all the time, but it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie, calling you out. I ask specifically because I've seen a lot, and you know, doing these interviews, you see, you know, indie this or local that, and it's really weird making the distinction because it seems they all get lumped into the same category. And right. I, I think, from a, a creator standpoint, local creator has a little bit more heart behind it because you're looking to support your community. You're looking for and looking for the support of your community. It's not looking for the validation of strangers. Right. I, I often 
will introduce myself as a local independent creator. So I'll kind of lump the two together um, just to show that I am making things with and here and for our area, but I also am doing it by myself. I have no major backing or anything like that. So I'll often just lump them both together as one one entity, if you will. What is the uh, Omaha local film creator scene like? Like, how large is that? It's interesting because I, I obviously don't know everybody that's involved with everything. Um, but the reason that I got into it is because I have a couple really good friends that that did local and films themselves, um, and then they introduced me to their director and those sort of things. And so it kind of has gotten a little bit bigger from there. Um, but I can, I know a handful of them right off the top of my head and that's not even all of them, but the ones that I know they've often gone to the same conventions as I do, or when I was making family covenant, I reached out to one of them, um, for assistance, he's actually one of them that acts in my movie, as well as he helped with some cameras and some audio stuff and and trying to kind of point me in the, a direction because he had already done a handful of shorts by that point as well. Um, some of the script ideas that I've had, um, I've kind of bounced them off him to get his opinion, to try to get some feedback as well. So um, they're, they're really nice because even though we all are separate. If I had any questions, I could reach out to any of them. Um, and they're all linked together one way or another. Um, we all have actors that play a bad guy in my movie that played a bad guy in some of the other local creators movies. And so, um, like I said, there's probably a much bigger crowd out there. Um, but the ones that I'm familiar with, they're all kind of intertwined at least a little bit. I see. And I've noticed, at least in Omaha, I'm not sure how it is worldwide or even nationally, we've kind of had a renaissance in in the sense that there's a lot more support for local and independent films from the community. And like people are, are uh, a lot more enthused to see that kind of product than they were, say, 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I I just started, Family Covenant was my first project that I had done myself. Um, prior to that, I really didn't know much about the local scene. My husband and I started going to horror conventions, one specifically in Kansas City called Krypton, or Crypticon, excuse me. Um, and when we were there, that's where we met a group full of people where it's like, Hey, I, I recognize you from the music scene and that sort of thing. Um, for those of you that don't know, my husband, Billy is in the music scene in Omaha and has been for 20 years now. Um, so we'll see people out that we've seen at the bars and seen at different shows and those sort of things. And so we were talking to them and they were actually there, um, at the convention in Kansas city promoting their movie. And then Billy's lead singer and one of his bands at the time was, doing a movie and the director asked Billy to write a song for the movie. So that we started kind of dipping our toes into it, if you will, at that point. Um, but prior to that, I didn't really see or hear much about local independent film creators. 
but I heard a lot about local art in general. So we've always had a really good theater. We've always had really good bands that are coming through the Omaha area. We've always had really good um, local artists that would put on these awesome um, galleries and that sort of thing. And I believe that Omaha is one of those niche areas where it's not a huge city by any means, but it's large enough that we have such a different um, mix of ideas and cultures and, and opinions that people can make art and appreciate that art that's being made and support that art that's being made. So I think that's where a lot of that support for the filmmakers and that sort of thing comes from, which is really awesome. And I think a lot of really large cities has that same feel towards it, but I don't know that smaller areas similar to Omaha size would. Um, I just think being the center of the United States, we get a lot of different people here to be able to see the different sides of it, which is really awesome. And say we really are a big little city. Right, exactly. We think we're big. We're not. We're a big city with small town mentality. Mm-hmm. With big city aspirations. But yeah, let's talk about uh, Family Covenant. Uh, why don't you give the listeners an overview of what it's about so I don't mess it up? <laughs> okay, I can do that. So Family Covenant is a band that decides to go out into the woods to get some inspiration. Um, They're struggling in their career, so they go out to this creepy wooded area to try to, to get some, like I said, in some inspiration, some different thoughts to discuss and basically have a band meeting for the weekend to go camping, essentially. And then... Before you know it, one thing starts to happen um, after another and people end up missing and kind of snowballs from there. Um, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to give away the the twist at the end. But yeah, it's just a local band that goes out into the woods for inspiration. And I mean, you could probably guess what starts to happen knowing it's a horror movie. So local band goes to the field and shit hits the fan. Is essentially, essentially. They find their number one fan. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's a good movie. I've watched it a few times now. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, for it being my first project that I'd ever even thought of um, and executed myself, I wrote, I directed, I edited, I did all the sound stuff. I did everything from start to finish in this movie. It is a very small micro budget movie and it's very independent people working on it. So it is, when you watch it, you, you have to see, you have to know that watching it, you can't expect to be watching a Marvel movie by any means. But I think, I think it turned out really, really well. I, I could not have done it without the support of, the entire cast they anything i asked them to do they did there was no hesitation there was no pushback um there was a part of the movie that was filmed we filmed 26 hours straight through the night into the morning covered in this field full of mosquitoes that everybody was being attacked from one of the cast members was super sick and like drinking theraflu all night long trying to like stay on top of his sick or his cold um one of the other main cast members was um at the time my 11 year old cousin and she stayed up all night long when she wasn't 
in a scene, I was trying to convince her to get some sleep because she's 11 years old, but she was holding lights. She was at one point was standing on top of an SUV holding an LED light pointing it down to light the scene. She was such a trooper. There was one point where she fell asleep for maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. And then we had to wake her up for a scene that took place right at sunrise. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. She is going to be a nightmare. You know, she's a 11 year old girl. Right. I'm like, Oh, this is awful. Well, as soon as she woke up and she was super groggy and kind of out of it. But as soon as I yelled action, she was on. Like she knew exactly what she was doing and she did it so well for being 11 years old and never doing anything before. I was so blown away by her. It it was it was a lot of fun and a lot of learning experiences. Um, looking back at it, there, of course, are things that I wish I could change and make a little better. But I would not have changed the experience or the people that I worked with for that movie for anything. It was the best experience of my life. It's awesome. And it, it, it seems it was really a family, you know, and like I mentioned, skip to family. This really was a family outing. I mean, you had family working on it. Obviously, your husband's in it. Right. And whether they're, you know now extended chosen family have all rallied and supported it so it's kind of taken on its life of its own so yeah when when um after my movie was so when i first decided to make a movie i of course reached out to family and friends and was like hey i'm making this movie would you be willing to do this character it'll be so (laughs) much fun and of course people we're like, yeah, it'll be great. And then day came where I was like, okay, we're filming next weekend. And they're like, holy shit, you're really doing this? Like, I, I wasn't prepared to actually do this. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and so there's a lot of, I think, uncertainty going into it. But the people that did step up and showed up for it were there. From the minute I said go to the minute I said, okay, you can go home and officially sleep now. They were there. They were there for it all. And then the nice thing about it is once it was all said and done and it was put together and I was finally at a point where I was like, okay, I can't keep tweaking and editing because it's not going to get any better because I was dealing with audio issues and that sort of thing. I had a screening for it at our local Alamo Draft House here in Omaha. And I called up the Alamo and I was trying to figure out like how big of a theater we needed and whatnot um, and how I wanted to address the screening and approach it and at the alamo they have three different size theaters and from the beginning they were like yeah you just need this little one it'll be okay and i was like i don't think so i think i could get more people there than a little one and i ended up going with a theater that held 144 people and my movie sold out at the alamo draft house it was every seat (laughs) thank you thank you um, every seat in the entire theater was taken. I had people day of trying to get a hold of me to get tickets. And it was like, I mean, I'll call you five minutes beforehand if somebody doesn't show up or can't make it for whatever reason. But it was completely sold out. And walking in and seeing that was completely surreal. And then there was a point where right at the beginning, I wanted to sit dead center of the crowd. So everybody is sitting around me, in front of me, behind me. 
I can fully encompass everybody's feelings and emotions. And we're sitting there and it starts and everybody is completely silent. And I looked over at Billy and I was like, everybody's so quiet. And Billy said, Amanda, it's a movie. They're supposed to be quiet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then somebody says a line that is supposed to be a little humorous. And the entire theater started laughing. And I was like, all right, this is this is really happening. And it was just great. From there, there was laughing. And there was a one point where a friend yelled out to the uh, screen itself. You know, he's like, don't do that. Don't, you know, and kind of trying to interact with it. And so it was it was so nice to hear that. And then after it was all said and over, everybody started clapping and cheering. And I know a lot of them were family and friends and extended family and friends. But just that reaction to it completely blew me out of the water. Completely. And it was probably one of the greatest moments of my life excluding my marriage and the birth of my child it's probably up there as one of the best so uh, you, you you can exclude your marriage it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i don't know my wedding was pretty great so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean even the reviews you've gotten online kind of echo that same response i mean yeah you get the you know a couple like trollish reviews but the running reviews seem to echo that same uh, it's a very good low budget movie it's good start to finish there's not really a drag in the middle which is what you tend to get for you know micro budget movies mm-hmm. i mean w- when you're watching like you said i mean you you're going into it knowing you're watching a micro budget movie and th- there tends to be that drag in the middle where it's just like okay Come on, let, let's let, let let's keep it moving. Mm-hmm. There isn't really that in your movie. It from start to finish, the story moves along flawlessly. Thank you. Thank and you. I think that helps with the you know quality and overall production value of Family Covenant. I mean, you you don't have gratuitous sex scenes. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be respectful. I mean, we have a couple of them in there, but they're not, they're definitely, they're, they're very tasteful, but right, right. It, it's one of those things where it's a dear friend of mine was willing to do this. And it's like, uh, I really don't want to push like side boob is enough. We'll just show side boob and be done with it. Like, I don't want to go further than that, you know, just to, out of respect for her and whatnot. So I say it, it, it leaves enough to the imagination like you know you know what's going on right and it's just like okay cool you know <laughs> and then you're like oh well, i want more but I don't, that's not why i'm here um right other movies for that uh <laughs> <laughs> what kind of issues and stuff did you run into like getting this project off the ground and getting from idea to completion okay so we we ran into a few the first uh first a couple little minor things like i said the one um dear friend who was in the movie was sick (laughs) so and that wasn't really an issue because he was such a trooper 
sucked it up, did it. Um, time is always an issue with the equipment for the movie. I actually rented all of it because I didn't own any cameras, any audio. I had to rent all of it. Um, and the company I used for the rental is an amazing company. But when you rent it, you can rent it for a weekend or a full week. Well, I just rented it for a weekend. So it's like, okay, well, we have this weekend to film this because I have to send these cameras back. And if I get them again next weekend, it's going to be completely different. The weather is going to be different that, you know, you're going to be able to tell. So that's why we stayed up for 26 hours straight filming. You slave driver. I know. I'm so terrible. <laughs> um, the weather, you can never predict. Um, luckily, it was pretty nice when we filmed, but it it very easily could have gotten terrible. It got a little chilly at points, but it was it was manageable, so that was good. Lining up people's schedules are, is always hard, especially when you're doing it with a cast of friends and family because it's, hey, guys, do, this, do me this huge favor and come out and stay awake for 26 hours and be attacked by mosquitoes. Say, come out and work for beer and pizza. Right, and I didn't even give him beer, so <laughs> because I I didn't want him to be drunk on scene because it would have been too hard to dif too difficult to to maneuver. So it's like, uh, I'll give you root beer and some soda, maybe some coffee and hot cocoa, the occasional street taco. Like it was very, but they so then it was like, okay, guys, we want you here at noon. One thirty rolls around and some friends start showing up, and it's like. My God, we're already an hour and a half behind. What are we going to do? But for the most part, they were all really, really well. Um, the biggest um, issue, if you will, that we had was I had had the movie written and casted. We had filmed the first portion of the movie that um, is a flashback type scene and that was filmed one weekend and we were getting ready to film the next portion of the movie and one of the main cast members um tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident um that was awful because i had already put all this work into it and at that point i just wanted to be done i just wanted to scrap it and be done because I couldn't see the movie without our dear friend Jeff, who was written into the movie. Um, I'd reached out to a bunch of people. I talked through a bunch of stuff, and we decided to to change it because I didn't want to recast his part. So I had to rewrite the entire second half, entire three-fourths of the movie to still pay an homage to Jeff, but not be his part and still fill in those gaps that I needed to fill. And then we had gotten through it. We had um, filmed it. And while I was editing, we actually came across some audio clips of Jeff rehearsing his lines. So I added that to the very end of my film with some images of him because he went with us when we went scouting for the location. He was there when we were pointing out, we're going to film here, we're going to do this here. That was probably the biggest hiccup, if you will, um, and the hardest thing to try to overcome with, with creating this project. And the, ultimately, the main reason I decided to continue 
after um, his passing was because I know how much he would have wanted me to. Um, he was an actor. He was, he supported everything that, that Billy and I did. And so I knew that if I stopped and I'd given up on this dream of mine, he would have been more disappointed. Um, so I went ahead and pursued with it. And then his mom and sister actually came out to the screening at Alamo and they didn't know that I'd put the end in there with Jeff's voice and, and those images. And when that started, I of course was crying by that point. Um, and I could hear his mom crying as well. Um, so I, it, it was, it was, a a nice, not closure, but it was a nice send off end of a chapter. Right. Right. So uh, that was, that was by far the hardest thing that, that I had to deal with when it comes to the movie itself. So, and then the pesky mosquitoes. Yeah. And the mosquitoes, I mean, luckily they didn't bother me very much, but everybody else on the poor set, the poor actress. <laughs> Yeah, she. There was one point where she was, um, she actually was trying to sleep for a couple of hours in the back of an SUV while we were doing other scenes, and she woke up the next morning with more mosquito bites on her than I've ever seen on a normal human being in my entire life. I was like, I have no idea what just happened. How are you covered from head to toe with these giant mosquito welts? It was. Six, it yeah, was you could see it in one in one of the scenes. Her back is just covered after we put makeup on them after i blurred most of them out and corrected them in post you could still see that many of them it was way worse. it looked like she had chick yeah it looked like she had chicken pox <laughs> i was like i'm so sorry but she was a trooper she stuck with it so if this weren't your movie let's take all bias away would you recommend this to people yes because I, my husband and I are huge horror movie fans. It's true. <laughs> You've heard her husband. I knew that this movie had something unique when I presented my husband with the script. And halfway through, when it came to the twist, he's like, oh shit, I didn't see that happening. I knew it was something special. And the cast, even a bunch of independent actors and actresses there there's a few of them that have really shining moments that whether you're a fan of the movie whether you like anybody in the film or know anybody in the film if you just watch it objectively the twist will surprise you and you'll get key points where you're like oh shit that was really cool you know or this scene was really great there's a scene where um, Krisha, my 11-year-old cousin that plays the main um, female character, she there's a point where she is skipping in the moonlight, we'll say. And she does something in that scene that nobody told her to do. She just started doing by herself. And because the cameraman was listening through headphones, because we were not standing in audio distance of her, Nobody else knew it was happening until afterwards. And he shut off the camera and he's like, oh my God. And then we went back and watched it. And I, it just little things like that, that she took in, 
she's 11 years old. She's never acted in a day in her life. And she thought to do little things like that that made it makes you look and go, all right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wish I would be able to take credit for telling her to do that. You know, things like that, that I think that if you just watch the movie objectively, you can totally get appreciation for. There is a review on Amazon you were talking about that it's it's two stars and it's not the best review. But the nice thing about it is he specifically says in there that you can tell that the script is written by somebody who has never written a script before. That's true. And he says that there's really good points of it. It's a decent story that there's some really good moments of the actors and actresses. I say even the bad reviews, not bad. Right, right. So even though it wasn't a great review, it had really good elements to it. And with it being my first, very first ever project, to even have any positive elements was like, all right, see, a complete stranger can watch it and pick out key things that are that are enjoyable and that are good. And like I said, the story in general, if you just watch it for the story and you follow the story, I think you'll get a twist out of it because I or get a kick out of it because I've never come across anything that that is exactly that. So and I think that it does it does take people off off guard for a second the the twist that we put in there. And that's that is what you look for in a horror movie. Now, with that being said, there are a lot of jump scares, if you will, that don't that don't hit the point the point. Um it happens and you're like, yeah, that wasn't scary at all, you know, because I, I it never... adds to the camp. Right, right. Because I had never. Um, Wall day camp. Th- I never thought about how to film a true jump scare or when you have a bunch of 10, 12 year old kids that don't know how to act and you're like, oh, I need you to act scared. And they're laughing like it, it makes it difficult to, to portray that true fear that you want and i think that just comes with with learning um as well as better actors and actresses or or more experience if you will um so i i think for it being my first and and most of the people on screen's first time ever being on screen i think that it's great so like you said i mean you had billy who we've had on the show at least twice and we'll have on the show more often than not in the movie and he's very knowledgeable when it comes to horror you also had Mm -hmm. uh another guest you had uh mikey taylor yes mikey taylor was my rock star he not only acted on screen which was amazing and he did a great job his father also acted on screen with him which was great to see but mikey taylor did all my special effects he did all of my blood work. He did all of my um, weapons. He did he did all of that himself. So I could not have done the movie without his help. He was great. It's funny. It seems this uh, interview was like a long time coming. It just kind of uh, encircles like the entire like last th- this entire last season of interviews. I mean, I got you know. Billy Peck, I got Mikey Taylor. Now they're, you know, I got both of them in your movie, and here we are chatting, you know, just bullshitting about it. <laughs> right? Couldn't be better. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it, it was, it was such a great experience, and I have so many ideas 
for other projects to do and other people to work with. And it, it's, it's awesome. I, I wish that things would be a little bit more normal when it comes to being able to be around people and not so much social distancing, because that really puts a damper on trying to get a group of people together to film a movie. The six-foot horror movie. Right. It's like, how how does your how do your victims die in this movie? COVID. No, I mean, like, it's... They it step within three feet of each other. <laughs> they just cross an imaginary line, and all of a sudden they just drop. No, I... <laughs> it, it definitely restricts some of what what you can do. Um, since the pandemic had started, I actually filmed a two minute short film with my husband and son about being quarantined and and trapped at the house in the backyard. And it's a fun little little film that we made. Um, I don't I don't know. I think that that every little bit that I can do helps me in the right direction of of potentially making more on a more frequent basis. Do you have um, that uh, post? I don't mean to cut you off, but do you have that okay. posted anywhere uh, online? Yeah, it is on YouTube. Um, okay, because I want to make sure I add a link to that in the uh, yeah. episode description because that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I, it, or I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so the main projects that I've done that you can find on either online or like you had said, Family Covenant is um, Amazon Prime. It's um, essentially anywhere you can buy physical media nowadays um, online. So you can get it from Walmart, Target, Best Buy, anywhere like that. You can order a DVD. Um, the next thing I did was Lenny Vernon, Badass Trucker. So I paired up with a couple really amazingly talented um, local comic book writers and artists and they have a comic book series called Lenny Vernon Badass Trucker and it's about a uh, semi-truck driver who also fights terrible villains across his uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for journeys. his journeys if you will yeah um, and so Eddie Fossler, our dear friend from Eddie and the Star Cruisers, he actually introduced myself and um, Al Garrison and Ben Crane, who are part of Lenny Vernon. And he said, wouldn't it be cool if we made Lenny Vernon into a live action like trailer for the comic book? And so we started talking about it and we envisioned what to do and we got the cast involved and we filmed all that and edited and we have a nine minute short um kind of it's kind of a long trailer short film kind of somewhere in that that uh world if you will um chris metry who is um local wrestler from pwp is plays lenny vernon and it's a it was a really fun experience um Again, a bunch of troopers who, who stuck it out. We started filming it, I think, 8 a.m. on a Saturday when it was freezing cold out. And we filmed all day long. I'm sensing and, a theme. Yeah, I, ha I have a problem with scheduling filming in November, October, November, because I love the fall. And I love this, the imagery of fall. And so I was like, hey, guys, let's film the beginning of November. I, they all said yes, so. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But for them, it was really fun. Again, a bunch of troopers. Uh, there was an amazing makeup artist who uh, helped with that. Her name is Amanda. She does um, some monster makeup stuff. Uh, she did 12 or 13 zombie makeup throughout the, the course of the day. Um, we filmed them. And there's a scene where somebody is covered in this blood that we had made that was left out in the freezing cold for Ooh. hours before we covered them in it. And <laughs> <laughs> they're laying there chattering and shivering and shaking. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. But as soon as I yell action, you have to stop that. Like you have to hold your composure and stop chattering your teeth. And they did. They were such a trooper. Screw it. Um, Twitchers. Yeah. It was great. And then um, that you can find um, on the OMUG um, Facebook page, their YouTube page, whatever the case may be. If you just search Lenny Vernon Badass Trucker, you'll be able to find it. And then after that, I did my quarantine video. Like I said, two-minute short video. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun to film. My husband and I did that in a matter of a weekend. We filmed it, I edited it, and I actually submitted it for a um, a contest that was done via Facebook. Um, I don't know why I... Corman. Uh, Robert Roger Corman. I can't remember his first name. I apologize. He uh, actually held this tiny little contest where it was film a two-minute quarantine video and submit it to me, and then he would... Um, promote it on his Facebook page and send the winner a golden mask or something along those lines. Nice. Um, I did not, I did not win, but it was fun to have it up there. And because we, we posted it to actually his Twitter page. Um, anybody that was on Twitter or we got lots of comments and lots of thumbs up and, you know, lots of different interaction with it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And then I have a project that I have a script already written out for. Um, it'll probably be tweaked, obviously, because it's just the first draft of my script so far. But it'll be a short parody um, that as soon as I can get a group of people together safely, we will hopefully film in the spring is my hope. But we'll have to see what, what happens with everything going on nowadays. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people who want to get into being their own, like making their own movies and pursuing the the same dream? Um, I would say my biggest tip or advice, if you will, is you just got to do it. You cannot be afraid to make mistakes and you can't be afraid to have people criticize it or... When it came to my movie, the way I got started is we were watching another independent filmmaker's film. And my husband and I afterwards were discussing the movie. And I was like, oh, he should have done this differently. Or I would have probably done this differently. And my husband looked at me and said, it's easy to say that because it's done. It is much harder to create something from scratch. And I said, you know what? You're right. The next day I wrote this, the first version of the script. And I just thought to myself, instead of just sitting back and 
criticizing, if you will. That's not quite the right word, but um, second guessing or and second guessing someone else's hard work. I wonder if I could just do it. And I wrote the script. And then it, at the time, it was in a day. It was only five or six pages. It was just essentially a basic outline. And this is kind of what we're looking at. And then, so I wrote the, the first version of the script in a day, um, printed it off, brought it home to my husband. He read it. And then he's like, this is good. He's like, you've got something going here. And then it took me probably another probably about two months to get a script the length I wanted with all the kind of ins and out filled out the way I wanted it to. I mean, it started out with maybe a five page script and it ended up being over a hundred pages. So it's just, it took some time to get all those scenes added in and to get from point A to point B and that sort of thing. Um, And then it was like, okay, now that I have this, I could easily just put it away and be done with it. Because I was really afraid to take that next step. And then it's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. What's the worst that could happen? I could make it. I could spend all this time doing it. And it could turn out absolutely terrible. And nobody ever sees it. Or I could have an amazing time with my friends. And the people I care about. I could have an amazing experience learning a bunch of different things. I could edit it together and be proud of the work that we put into it as a whole. And then I could have this amazing experience at Alamo Draft House where all my loved ones are there watching it and supporting us. Or you could hmm. start to put it out, have somebody else take over, and then be like, that's not the movie I made. And then right. have everyone say, release the pet cut. <laughs> right. Hashtag pet cut. Right. But, it, you know, it was it was just one of those things where I, I just got to a point where in life in general, um, you can't be afraid to try something new. No. Whether it be a new food or a new movie or whatever the case may be. And if somebody wants to, if they have the slightest intention, first of all, obviously, I've only made three things that are out there to be viewed. Um, If somebody had the slightest intention to, I'm going to go make the next paranormal activity and make millions of dollars and be set for the rest of my life, probably not going to (laughs) happen. You've got to set your expectations appropriately. But if you want to make a film just to have fun and make a film, just do it. Just go for it. Do it. There's nothing stopping you except yourself. There are ways to get cameras and equipment if you don't have it. Hell, most of the iPhone cameras or your Samsung cameras are way better than a lot of cameras used to be. There are ways to get editing software if you don't have it. There are there are tons of people that are willing to help act or... Um, You could write an entire movie with only three people in it if you wanted to. You just have to think about your your story and just go for it. And if you want to be one of those people that you want to 
direct and create films, but you don't want to write a script. There are so many talented people out there that could write a story for you. You just have to ask people. Um, if you can't find somebody in your group of friends or family that can do it or that you have confidence in, there are Facebook pages and groups out there that you can find writers and you can find actors and you can find sound engineer engineers. You just have to look and not be afraid to to take that leap. Well, yeah, I was going to recommend, you know, always I'll always check into like community players and stuff like that because they're not doing it for money. Those guys, you know, those actors and the people working tech and stuff like that, they're doing it because they like to do it. Right. So if it's a project that they're interested in, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to help you out. Exactly. Exactly. Or at least point you in the direction of somebody who will better fit your project. For sure. You know, it, it blows my mind the the community out there that you say, hey, I want to make a movie and I need zombies. And all of a sudden there's 50 people there wanting to be zombies. And you're like, okay, I only need like seven. Thanks, guys. And people have still to this day, every time I talk to somebody about my movie or they see the Lenny Vernon short, when we did the Lenny Vernon short premiere um, at the waiting room, we had a big event where... We had comic book artists there. We had bands playing. It was a whole day thing. Um, when we did that premiere there, after it was said and done, I had several people come up to me. It was like, next time you make a movie, I want to be in it. You know, and it, it's people that I would have never thought to even ask before, but they're throwing <laughs> out their names there that they want to be part of something. So it, it, it snowballs. You make one thing. And even if it's a two-minute short film like I did for the quarantine video, um, you make one video and then other people see what you've done and they volunteer to help you with stuff. Or they say, hey, I really have a good idea for a movie, I think. And they start writing a script um, that they want to collaborate with you on in the that future. That sounds familiar. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or you have a dear friend, like Eddie, introduce you to a group of people. I, it was all his brainchild. He he liked the comic book. He knew I made the movie. He said, hey, why don't you two get together and do something? And it's like, all right, let's do this. Before that, I had known what the comic book was, but I had never actually read more than one issue of it. My husband, Billy, had all of the issues up until that point. I just had never read them. And then Eddie said, "Would you? do you want to make this movie? And I said, sure. And he asked the guys, would you want to have a movie made? And they said, sure. And both of us thought, eh, probably not happening. And then the next day, we're like talking to each other and he's introducing us. So I, it, it just, once you get that spark you just have to run with it and so begins Don't... the precocious pecs well yeah I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of fun so i know you mentioned uh, a few places to go but like where can we find more information on like red casket productions and uh everything else to keep up on upcoming projects and such 
So my Twitter handle for Red Casket is at Red Casket 13. Um, can find it on Facebook, just Red Casket Production. It is on YouTube under Red Casket Production. That's where I'll post anything. Um, I'll share stuff. If I work on a project for something, somebody such as the Lenny Vernon project, they will tag me in it. So you'll see it that way as well. And then I'll share it as well. Um, but yeah, that's, those are my two social medias that they can reach out to me. Listeners, this holiday season, go watch Family Covenant. It's a nice, go sit down with your family, spend some quality time. <laughs> And watch. Preferably, <laughs> preferably nobody younger than probably the age of fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> yeah, older family, <laughs> no little kids. Uh, but you know where to find uh, Amanda and Red Casket Productions. You can find me at electronicmediacollective.com along with other great podcasters, or over at. Eddie and Star Cruisers, and if nothing else, on Twitter, at Moose Media Inc. Amanda, I'm glad we finally had a chance to sit down and do this. I've been kicking around for a while, trying to figure out when to get you on. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Until next time, Horror Hounds, mash on. Ha 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 